Well, we've been in a series on healing, but uh, uh, tonight I had something different on my heart to share. So uh, let's look at Romans 8, verse 14. We're not done with that other series. All those messages are online as well. Romans 8, verse 14. It says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the Spirit of of bondage again to fear, but you received the Spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Amen. Verse 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. In the Common English Bible, it says, All who are led by God's Spirit are God's sons and daughters. In other words, if you're a son or daughter of, of, of God, you can expect to be led by His Spirit. Amen? If you're a child of God, then we can expect to be led by Him. In other words, there's no child of God that God doesn't lead. So if you're a child of God, you can expect to be led. It's not a question. It's not, well, will he lead me? Will he help me? No, his children are. Here it says, all who are led by God's spirit are his sons and daughters. In verse 15, says, You didn't receive a spirit of slavery to lead you back again to, sp- to fear, but you received a spirit that shows you, uh, shows you are adopted as his children. With, his, with this spirit we cry, Abba, Father. The same spirit agrees with our spirit that we are God's children. So it says that God's children are led by him. And then it says, it gives us an indication of how they're led. Um, in verse 16, it says, The same Spirit agrees with our spirit that we are God's children. If you can go back to the New King James, verse 16. It says, The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit, that we are the children of God. So the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, bears witness with our spirit. I'm going to touch on that just in a minute. What's our spirit? That's the real you. That we are children of God. He bears witness with your spirit that, we, that you are a child of God. Uh, let's look at the verse 16 in the Amplified Classic. It says, the Spirit Himself thus testifies together with our own spirit, assuring us that we are children of God. The Spirit Himself testifies together with our own spirit, assuring us that we are children of God. So the Spirit of God will bear witness or agree with your spirit or assure, uh, testify together with your own spirit that you're a child of God. So the same way that you know that you're a child of God, that bearing witness on the inside is the same way He's going to lead you in other affairs of life. Now, of course, the number one way you can be led is by the written Word of God. And the Spirit of God's never going to lead you in violation of the written Word. Never. The the Holy Spirit is the author of the written Word of the Bible. He, he, He is the author through men 
that were inspired to write it, but he's the author. It, it, it has, the Bible only has one author, but many different writers that wrote down what the author was speaking. Well, the same way that he bears witness with our, our spirit that we're children of God, you, number one, you, you're going to act on the word of God uh, to become born again. So you know by the word that you're born again because he said it and you acted on it. But then there's going to be a bearing, a wit- uh, he's going to bear witness with your heart that you are a child of God. That same way that he does that, is the way he's going to lead you in all affairs of life where the word of God, the the written word of God, doesn't tell you exactly what to do. The word of God is going to tell you general principles and tell you his truth, but the word of God is not going to tell you who to marry. It doesn't tell you. It gave you guidelines. You know, you, you want... You know, he that finds a wife finds a good thing. You know, you, you don't want to go for something bad or somebody on God. The Bible says not to be unequally yoked. So, you know, you don't just, so you don't have to find, you don't have to say, well, I'm going to marry a non-Christian. If you're a Christian, that's just, that's against the word of God. Don't do it. You don't have to be led on that. Did you hear me? So don't try to make stuff and say, well, it's God that's telling me. No, the Bible's already clear. But where the Bible's not going to tell you exactly who to marry. In other words, the name of the person you're supposed to marry is not written in the Bible. I mean, for 8 billion people on the face of the earth, and over time that changes, that's a big book. It's not possible. But that's why we have the Spirit of God's going to lead you. He's going to lead you where to live. He's going to lead you what job to take. He's going to lead you, you know, uh, how to do a business venture. So how are you going to know those things? Well, you go by the principles and the Word of God, but then there's going to be specifics. What do you do? Where do you go? How do you do it? He's going to bear witness with you. And this is how we're led. And every child can be led. Look at Proverbs 20, verse 27. Now, we've taught series on this before. You know, we're just, I just felt impressed to, to touch on this tonight. Um, we have whole uh, series uh, on um, our, our website uh, concerning these things. We've touched on um, God with us and some of the things being, being led and hearing from him is a series that goes all into this thing. But, you know, we're, we're going to at least spend tonight talking about this. Proverbs twenty twenty seven says, The spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord. Searching all the inner depths of his heart. The spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord. Or we'd say the flashlight, the candle, the, the thing that illuminates. So your spirit is where God's going to illuminate you. Searching all the inner depths of the heart. In other words, it's not your head. It's not your body that God leads in his bearing witness. It's your heart, your spirit. Look at First uh, Thessalonians 5.23. It says, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. May the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So man is a three-part being. You are a spirit. You have a soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions. 
and you live in a body. Your body is your earth suit, you could say. It's how you get around here on the earth, but it's not you. You know, if when your body goes in the grave, you are still alive. You still exist. Your mind, you're still, you know, we could go into different examples, but, you know, the um, rich man and Lazarus, Jesus talked about that. Uh, when the, uh, the the rich man was dead and Lazarus was dead, they still could talk. They could still see each other. They still knew who, who um, people were in this life. You don't lose your mind, even though your brain's in the ground. Even though if you, when you die, your physical organ is, is gone, is, is, you know, buried, your mind is still very much with you. Your brain is just the organ that your mind functions through on this earth. Just like your body is how you get around, but that's not you. When you leave this body, you're going to slip out of your body like a hand slips out of a glove. And when your spirit is gone from your body, we say it's dead, but you are very much alive. You're not, you haven't died. You haven't gone anywhere. Well, your spirit's what articulates your body, what makes it, this, this happen. When, when, you, when the spirit leaves, the body's lifeless. But the person still has their spirit. They are a spirit. They still have their mind. In other words, all, all, what they knew on the earth, the people they saw, they still have that. You still will have that. That doesn't go away. Well, you have a mind, will, and emotions. That's your soul. And you live in a body. We're very much familiar with that. And then you are a spirit. Well, the spirit is how God leads us. It's not through your body. So it's not through what you see. It's not through what you feel. It's not through what you taste, hear. It's not through your five senses. That's not how God leads you. It's not, it's not by, you know, seeing three red cars in a row and say, okay, that must be God. That's not how God leads you. Could he have mercy on you if you were a baby Christian and you asked to see a sign? Well, God will work with you. Don't, don't rely on that. You can get completely duped that way. Because there is a God of this world. His name is Satan. Second Corinthians 4, 4 calls him the God of this world. And he has very much influence in the world. He's not God, big G, but he is, you know, until Adam's lease runs out, he does have uh, authority in this world. He doesn't have authority over the Christian. But he does have influence, and he's controlling, uh, you know, anybody that doesn't serve God, whether they know it or not, is serving Satan. And so uh, you start praying that you'll just see something in the natural, you're on his territory. He can make something happen. He can influence things in this world. And people go, oh, that was God. No, it wasn't God. But, they, but you can't, he can't counterfeit God leading you by your spirit. See, God can lead you, bear witness with your spirit, lead you by your heart. He speaks to you, not in an audible voice, but he'll bear witness like it says in Romans with you and lead you that way. And Satan cannot get in between. He can't counterfeit that. So, so that is the way that we're going to be led, not through our mind. God doesn't bear witness with your mind. That means if you can't figure something out, you're prompted on something on the inside and you, you know, God's speaking to your heart, but your mind's going, what? I don't understand. God's not leading you through your mind. That doesn't mean you have to shut your mind off all the time to do things in this world. God gave you a brain. He gave you a mind. But if God tells you to do something and you don't understand it, you let God and his word be the final authority, not your mind. 
You can't wait to figure stuff out with your mind. Just read the Bible. There's so many things where God said, no, we're going to do it this way. And if you were looking in the natural, if you're just looking at, 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 at just, you're trying to understand it with your mind, you say, that's not a good path. That is destined to fail you. You don't take a five-foot something man and throw him up and get like David. Likely, he's probably five-foot something. He's not too tall. He's a Jewish man. And throw him up against a ten-foot giant. That's a bad matchup in the natural. Your mind goes, there's no way this is coming out good. Right? But what happened? David won. And you see that over and over. We could recount so many things where it looks like there is no way this is happening. But God is in it. God's leading. Well, God, God will lead you. So you have, to, you have to be sensitive to your spirit, not your head, not your flesh. Your flesh may go, no, I don't want to do that. It doesn't have anything to do with it. Well, I don't understand. Well, it doesn't feel good. I can't see it. That's nothing to do with it. God's a spirit. He's going to bear witness with your spirit. He's going to lead you by your spirit. Look at Proverbs 3, verse 5. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Look at the first part of that, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with what? With all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Don't lean on your understanding. That doesn't mean you don't have understanding. That doesn't mean you may, not, you may have expertise in a certain area. You may have been trained for years in a certain area, but you don't lean on it. In other words, you don't rely on it solely, not at the expense of trusting God. You trust him. He can use your abilities, but he's not relying on them, and he's not impressed with them either. He's not impressed with any amount of knowledge. He's not impressed with any beauty. He's not impressed with any strength. He's not impressed with any amount of money. He's not impressed with any connections. He's God Almighty. He created the whole universe. Think of how small the earth is compared to the solar system. And then how small that is compared to, you know, galaxies. And it's just crazy how big and vast this is. He created it all. He's not, he's not impressed with a person saying, look at how good I am at this. That's not impressive. In fact, it's quite the opposite. You know what does impress God? Faith. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, without faith, it's impossible to please him. Faith, he'll look over everybody and say, oh God, now this, this person, this man or woman, they believe me. That's impressive. Isn't that what Jesus did? He said, man, I've looked in all Israel. I haven't seen anybody with faith like this. That impresses God. You want to impress God, believe him. Do what he said. Don't rely on your own ability, your own understanding. Rely on him. And God's looking down on you, please, saying, that's, that's my daughter. That's my son. You go. And, and he'll make a way for you. Verse 5. Let's read verse 5 and 6 again. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Notice that. In all your ways, acknowledge him. So in everything you're doing, look to him. You don't start going, no, I got this now. We've, I've done enough. I've, I've, I've walked with you long enough. Now I got it. I'll just do it my own, my own way now. No. In all your ways, acknowledge him. You keep looking to him. Look at, in all your ways, God, is this what, is it, we still on the right track? Are we still doing it right? Next week, is it, is this the right way? Oh, is there something new? Am I doing, am I, am I going in the right way? It says in all your ways, acknowledge him. And then what? He'll, he shall direct your path. What does shall mean? He's going to do it. 
But you notice you have to believe something in order to acknowledge him. You have to believe that he's going to lead you. You have to believe that he has something to tell you. If you think you have it all, then you're not going to acknowledge him. But he'll direct you when you acknowledge him. He'll direct you when you look to him. When you look to him and say, Lord, I don't understand everything. I don't know how to fix this. I don't know know which direction to take this. I don't know what the next step in my life is. God knows. You acknowledge him. He shall direct you. Amen? He leads us. He leads us. Let's go down to John 10, verse 1. Skip a couple verses there. Go down to John 10, verse 1. Jesus speaking. Let's read this. Read a a few verses in John. Jesus speaking says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is, is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Now, Jesus is talking about sheep. Sheep. He's going to call himself um, the good shepherd. He's the good shepherd. In verse 11, he says, we don't, don't skip there. But he's the good shepherd. So he's talking, if he's our shepherd, the Bible calls him the, the good shepherd, the great shepherd, the chief shepherd. Well, who's the sheep? <laughs> That's us. So now when he's talking about the sheep, he's talking about the good shepherd, and he's talking about the sheep. That's, that's what we're doing. That's our role. But notice what he says here. Verse 3. The sheep hear his voice. Who's the sheep? We're the sheep. So we hear his voice. Where, how is he going to speak to you? See, we're not looking for an audible voice. Could God choose to use an audible voice? Yeah, he could. That's not the primary way. Don't seek voices. Don't try to hear things. Do what the Bible said. Primarily, he's going to lead you by your heart. He, how is he going to do that? He's going to bear witness. We're going to talk about that just a minute, some more, what that looks like. But he's going to bear witness. He's going to, it's going to seem good. The same way you know you're a child of God is the same way you're going to say, mm-hmm, yeah, this is the right way. This is the right way. This is the way we're going to go. But notice, it says the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. Everybody say, he leads them. Everybody say, he leads me. This is important because we need to know that he does lead us, that we can hear his voice, that he leads us, and that he wants to lead us and is leading us. So if we know that, now we'll start picking it up. We'll say, okay, I see. So we'll expect to be led. Instead of going, well, God, I just, I don't hear from God. I don't know. I don't know why he won't talk to me. That's not true. He's, he's leading. It's up to us to tune in. Amen? You know, not many people listen to radio like AM, FM, but, you know, a good number of people still do. But, I mean, not probably relative to the way it used to. But, you know, you know how radio signals work. They're, they're being broadcast. Right now there are radio signals in this room. Everybody realize that? You know, there's radio signals in this room. There's cell phone um, signals in this room. But as far as radio goes, it's being broadcast. But how do, what do you have to do to start hearing those signals? You need a radio, and then you need to tune it in to a station, right? And then you'd start picking it up. Now, what if you had a radio, and you're like, I, I, I just, I'm not picking up anything. Would you conclude right away that the problem is they're not broadcasting. Would that be your first conclusion? 
well, I'm not hearing anything. It must, I must have to go down to the station and talk to them because they're not broadcasting. No, it could be that. More than likely, that's not the problem. The problem is probably we're not tuned in. Is that right? There's something wrong with my radio. I don't have it on the, wrong, the right frequency, something. Because God is always speaking to the Christian. So he, he doesn't mean he speaks every day and everything, but he's leading you with what you need. If we say, well, I just never hear from God, don't, don't automatically assume that it's God's deal that he's not broadcasting. Maybe we ought to be humble enough to say, hmm, do I need to tweak something on my end? Because he's good. We're reading. The sheep, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Jim, let's go this way. Now, you might not hear an audible voice, but it's like, but you'll be, you, you get to know his, his uh, leading. One of the best ways you get to know that leading, that, that inward witness, read the Bible. When you read the Bible and something is speak, we say speaking to you, but you're not hearing an audible voice. It, it's jumping off the page, right? You're reading something and the word is just, it's just ministering to you. You're, you know, you read one verse and it's just like, there's just volumes that are coming. You're just getting direction. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That's the Lord leading you the same way he's prompting. You're not hearing an audible voice, but you're getting just direction. You're getting nourishment. You just, you just can just camp on that verse. I encourage you, if you're reading the Bible and you hit something that's really speaking to you, don't just go to the next verse and go, oh, I got to get my chapter done. It's good to read a chapter, but that's like if, if the Lord's speaking to you, don't interrupt him. You're like, no, I got to get to the next thing. What? The next thing is that he's saying when he's speaking to you? Don't do that. Just camp. If you get one verse done and that's all, you know, you just, he's just, just speaking to you, let him speak. Well, when, you, when you're getting that, you're picking that up on your spirit. It's just ministering to you. It's nourishing you. That same way you get familiar with, with his leading, the same way you sense that is the same way he's going to lead you in things that aren't in the word, that go this way, take this job. Move here. Buy this house. What do you, how do you know with all the houses to buy? Well, it's just the price. No, no, it's not the price. You don't see everything just because of the price. You pay 10000 more for one house could save you $100,000 down the road. No, you're led. You're like, eh, something about this. No. But you, you come into one, hmm, it, that seems good. There's just something there. That's how you know. Well, that's how he's going to lead you. That's how you're going to get to know. But notice, Jesus said uh, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Verse 4, and when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them. Aren't you glad God goes before us? Goes before you. That means wherever, whatever you're facing now, God has already seen it. He's made provision, and he knows the answer. He didn't just show up and go, what? what? What's going on? Wait, let me, let me, let me think about this. That, that's not what's going on ever. It says, when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Everybody say, I know his voice. I know his voice. So don't ever say again, I can't hear God. Don't ever say again, I just, I, I don't understand. I just can't get to, seem to get direction. Don't say that. You may not know the direction yet, but agree with God and say, I know his voice. I'm getting it. You watch. I'm picking it up. We're going to be led. We're going to get the right direction on this. Verse 5, Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. 
So again, don't ever say, well, I, just, I don't know. I just can't, I can't figure it out. I, I don't know. Is this the wrong thing? I, you say, I won't follow the voice of a stranger. I mean, that's what you tell yourself. I'm not gonna, no, I'm not going to follow the wrong path. I will follow the right path. Well, what if we make the wrong decision? Not going to make the wrong decision. We're not going to move till we have the witness and know what we're supposed to be doing. And when we, when we know we have that bearing witness, we know we're on the right track because the good shepherd's leading us. We're not going to make the wrong decision and we're not going to listen to the wrong voice. So if something seems strange, stop. Just say, no, 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 no. That's not, that's not God. What if you just don't know? Stop. Don't go till you know. Don't ever be led by pressure. Did you hear me? Don't ever be led by pressure. Don't be led by deadlines. Don't be led by pressure. Don't be led by confusion. You know, everybody's freaking out, so we got to do something. Don't be led by got to do something. That's not a good leader. You be led by the witness. Don't be led by people panicking, or if we don't do something, then then this is going to happen. That's called fear. You do not want to be led by fear. Just say, no, no, we're not going to make the wrong decision. Don't get into fear about making the wrong decision. You say, no, we're going to make the right decision. And you be at peace and, and just follow peace. We're going to talk about that just in a moment. We're covering some ground here, but I just, I just felt impressed just to touch on some of these things tonight. Again, we've spent a long time just breaking some of this down, but that's okay to fly over. Verse 6 says, Jesus used this illustration, but he didn't they didn't understand the things that he spoke to him. Skip to verse 7. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved, and we will go in and out and find pasture. Verse 10, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to, do, and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So Jesus is saying, I'm not the thief. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and that may have it more abundantly. So you know wherever he's leading you, it's good and it's abundance. He's come so that, so whenever he's leading you, it's to your good. Don't ever, God never leaves you to a place that's going to hurt you. Now, you may feel uncomfortable. You may need to grow. It may push on your mind and your flesh. That doesn't mean it's not God. That just means you need to put that stuff down and be led by your spirit. Now, we're not talking about God setting something up just, you know, kind of like a, a game. Well, I'm just going to make you go through this. No, we live in a fallen world. There are things that aren't perfect. You have, you, you do, there is a devil. There are people, crazy people on the earth. There are people that listen to the, the devil that do stuff and make wrong decisions. And so you have fallen things all around. But for the Christian, we, we're, we may have some challenges, but it can overcome us. And if we'll just look to God, he will lead us in the right path, even through a bunch of junk. He'll just lead you right through that, that, that. It might press on you. You might say, why are we going here? You might not see everything, but if you'll follow him, he already knows. And he knows the way right through over to victory every time. And so just know if God's leading you, it's good. He's not leading you to bad. Never. He's not trying to hurt you in order to help you. That's not, that's not God. That's religion. That's not God. God is just good. You can trust him all the time. If he, if he's, if he's leading you, it's to good. You may not understand it. You may think, man, this is crazy. I can't do this, or I I don't see how this is going to work. But if you'll follow him, it's always good. 
He never puts you backwards. He never, he never sets you up. He's not going to humiliate you. Did you hear me? He's, he's working for your good. Verse 11, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and am known by my own. That verse right there, along with these other verses, but you could just take that. If you just get that down, Jesus is the good shepherd. He knows his sheep and am known by uh, my own. So he, you know that God's good. He's the good shepherd. He knows you and you know him. Your, your heart knows him. You just maybe need to get some stuff out of the way. Just learn, learn to recognize that leading, but your heart knows him and you can grow in that until you recognize yep that's the lord yep that's the lord yep that's the lord uh that's that's the one that's led me before that's that that's who speaks to me in my devotions that's who's prompting me when i'm in you know hearing a message that's the one that's giving me direction yep he's leading me over here that's him that's him that's him and we can know that it doesn't have to be like well i just don't know no he's 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 knowable and he's followable wouldn't it be, you know, crazy if, if, if we're in this world and we're children of God, but there's no way we can know what he wants us to do in specific matters of life. We just can't get it done. He just, he can't communicate with us. He's the most intelligent being in the universe, but just can't get a, figure out a way to, to communicate with us. No, he knows you. He knows me. He knows how to communicate with you. What do we need to do? Just tune in, let him uh, have a place and he'll get it across to you. Verse 15, as the father knows me, even so I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep and the other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them I must bring and they will hear my voice. Notice, hear my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd talking about, you know, the Gentiles along with the Jews. He's talking to Jewish people. He said, there's going to be more that are not of this flock not talking about aliens. He's talking about the Gentile people and that by Jesus' sacrifice, they could come into the fold too. So we're all one fold, one flock. And that's where we're at now in the world. Thank God. So let's look at Colossians 3.15. So that, that leading, I just want to touch on this briefly, that leading, that bearing witness... We've talked about what it looks like when we're, um, when we're reading our devotions or reading the Bible, when we're in a message like this and he's speaking to you. But it can be boiled down, partly, you could say it like this, to, to one aspect, and that's peace. It will always be peaceful. Colossians 3, verse 15. Colossians 3, verse 15 says, Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Notice it's in your hearts. Notice it's peace, and notice it's in your hearts. Look at uh, the Amplified. Make sure I have the right one there. Okay. 
Let the peace of Christ, the inner calm of one who walks daily with him, be the controlling factor in your hearts, deciding and settling questions that arise. In another version I don't have here, I believe it's, I think it's the Amplified Classic, but it talks about let peace, can you put that up? I believe it's just in the Amplified Classic. It, it says uh, that peace acting as an umpire. In the Amplified Classic. I, I didn't give it to you, but if you can put it up. Let the peace of God, or the peace, soul harmony which comes from Christ rule, act as umpire continually in your hearts, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds. What does an umpire do? You know, in baseball, what, it, what does an umpire do? When he's, the one, when he's the home plate umpire behind, you know, home plate, when the pitcher is throwing the ball over the plate and the batter is there, as the ball comes toward the batter to the catcher, the umpire is going to declare it's a ball or a strike. The umpire is de- declaring, yep, strike or ball, you know, assuming the batter doesn't hit it. The umpire is saying, declaring whether that ball is in the strike zone or not. This is saying, let peace from Christ rule or act as an umpire continually in your hearts. What does that mean? The peace of God's going to tell you is going to determine that it, it looks like bearing witness that seems good that peace is going to warm that 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 uh, leading on the the inside started to say warm fuzzy it is like that not talking about a natural thing but it's a seems good on the inside when that when that peace when you have that that is going to act as an umpire determining am I going the right direction or not so you think about one thing, and that there's peace there. The Holy Spirit is bearing witness with your spirit, saying, yep, that's a strike. You're going in the right direction. That's right. If there's a lack of peace, that's telling you, nuh-uh, don't go that way. Don't ever override that. If you're learning how to be led by the Spirit of God, and you just, you don't know, there's, a, there's a, something about it that bothers you, don't override that. You, you'll learn to determine, you know, uh, to, to split between your head, your, your mind, and what's the Spirit of God. The Word of God will help you to do that. The Bible says the Word of God is sharp and powerful. It, it will divide between the soul and the Spirit. But you'll, you'll learn over time, that, now that's my head, that's fear, whatever, but when it's your spirit and it's troubling you, it feels like a check, we'd call it. it. It feels no. There's a no. It's a total lack of peace. The stronger that is, the worse the thing that you're considering is. You know, there could be stuff in the middle. It's like, you know, eh. But what you want, what you want is total peace, like, like a pond in the morning, just, just smooth. When there's peace like that, the spirit of God's bear witness saying, yep, son, daughter, that's the right way. You think of this, and it's like, something about it just doesn't seem right. Your head could say, this looks awesome. I'm talking about your head. Your head could be like, this is the best deal. This is the right move. This is the right person to marry. This is the right house. This is the right business deal. This is the right job. This is the right location. Your head could be saying that, but your spirit's going, "Mm, no. What are we supposed to be led by? Our spirit, our heart. Lean not to your own understanding. 
On the other hand, your heart could be totally at peace going, this is the right way, and your head could be going, what? There is no way. I don't see it. I don't understand it. What are we supposed to be led by? Our spirit. See, your God is going to bear witness with your spirit, not your head. The Lord knows everything. So he already knows. Just because your head doesn't figure it out or doesn't know, we, well, we should be used to that by now. Your, your head, my head, we don't know everything. So just because we don't know something does not mean it's not the right way to go. God can see the future. Something that may look good now, you look at it tomorrow, it looks horrible, and you're like, oh, okay, now I see why. You know, that thing completely imploded. That person freaked out. That house had termites. You know, and you're like, well, you can have an inspection. <laughs> you know, if it's just beginning or there's some other hidden problem, all kinds of stuff. God sees everything. And the things that look good to you, tomorrow could look bad. Well, he already knows that. The things that you say, there's no way it looks bad. You don't know, but something's about to change. And he sees that. And so he's going, nope, this is the way. This is the way. This is the way. And you're like, I don't see it, but you will. You keep walking. All of a sudden, oh, okay, I see it. Well, we ought to know. He knows more than us. See, you are not limited to, to the way natural people, when I say that, people without God are limited when you're led by your spirit. God can get stuff to you that, that your mind can't comprehend, that you could not figure out, that your, your senses would, would not be able to uh, figure out, yet he can lead you in line with his will and bypass all that. Whereas if you're just going by you, you have to do, okay, I'm not saying we don't do research. I'm not saying we don't do due diligence. You do that, but that's not the determining factor. In other words, if, if you're, if you're in, on the inside, it's saying go one way, and the outside things, your research are going, I don't see it. You, now, I'm not saying you do that flippantly, but as you walk through it, what you're really looking for is, what's God saying? Because over and over... He, he led people in the Bible where if you were going by the natural, you'd say, no, nope, we're on the wrong path. You don't let that be the final authority. It doesn't mean you just go to the opposite extreme and just ignore every bit of natural wisdom. No, you don't let that be the determining factor, though. In other words, if something that you see is coming or some natural wisdom is bumping against what you believe is the spirit of God. And it's not just a passing notion. You're like, no, this is the way he's led me this time, this time, this time really seems this way. You can't override that to just be, just to go with the natural wisdom and vice versa. You don't go. If, if you, if, if something is bothering you about a situation, even though all the, the, the research, all the indications look good. If something's bothering you on the inside, you stop and say, we're not moving forward. Well, why? I, I don't know. I don't really need to know. I need to know that this isn't right. Some people may look at you and go, well, you're crazy. This is, this is the best deal. Yeah, until it's not. Until people lose everything because they thought it looked like. I mean, how many times has that happened? In history, I mean, how many times have people invested in something and then they lost everything when they thought it looked good? They wouldn't have invested unless they thought it looked good. Who just says, this is a horrible deal. Here, here's $100,000. I don't really need this. I could burn it, but, you know, I feel better about just giving it to you and you losing it all. <laughs> Nobody does that. At the beginning, you're th they're thinking, oh, this is going to go. And everybody's telling them, oh, this is going to go. And everybody's saying, oh, look at the prospectus and everything and tell Nobody has any money anymore. You know? No, you, you go by what's on the inside. You're dating somebody. You don't go, you know, and, and listen to it early. Okay, don't, don't be like, yeah, I'll just, uh, it's okay. I'll just 
going. Just, I'll just keep going because, you know, whatever. Listen to it early. God will lead you. You know, you don't have to not date and just sit in your prayer closet and be like, show me the one God. No, that's, that's the opposite extreme. You, it's okay to talk to somebody and get to know them. But when you're like, if you're in the presence of somebody, you're like, eh, I just don't see it. Follow that. Don't wait a long time and then go, yeah, I really should have listened to that earlier, but okay. No, just, just follow the prompting as, you, as you're going. You know, I, I, let me give you a quick example. You guys okay? Uh, there was a, a time uh, when I was between jobs. Uh, you know, a, a contracting job had ended and uh, felt impressed to, to you know, because I have a software engineering background and, and did that for 20-plus years. And um, I was interviewing for, for uh, the next job. And um, I remember, there's this one, I've, I've told the story before, but it'll, bear, witness, it'll bear, bear repeating. There was this one job. You know, I'm looking. So I, you know, I have four kids, and, and I'm looking for the next job, and you want to get the right job. But I, you know, I remember, you know, I'd, I'd show jobs to Shelly, and I'm on one of the, you know, at that point, monster.com and some of the job sites, and I'm looking for jobs that, that look like stuff I could do. Um, that were up my alley. You know, there's all kinds of software engineering and things that you know and don't know, and they fit you better or, or not. And I remember seeing this one. And right from the beginning, I mean, I so I was applying for different jobs. You know, you don't just sit there and just, again, wait for everything to, okay, this is the one. I'm just going to not apply to anything and just this one. You got to be led, but you put seed out there, right? So I, there was this one, though. I looked at it, and I just had a sink and feel. I was like, ugh. I didn't know. I was like, No. But I was like, well, you just got to get your, you got to apply though, Jim. I mean, you get, and I had already applied for other ones. I went ahead and put my application in anyway. I mean, right from the beginning, it was like, I don't think I should do that. I did. And so I started interviewing different, th- different people. And then there was some that I was looking at, and we drove by them. One Saturday, I was like, some people, some companies I was looking at, local. And I, so we just drove into their parking lot, just kind of see, well, you know, it could be that one, could be that. What, what, what does the building look like and everything? I drove up to the same place because they, they had uh, called me. I can't remember if they had called me for an interview already. No, I had had my resume in there, I think. And um, I went up there, and man, I'm telling you, that was one of the worst senses spiritually I have ever had about that. When I went, it was like, ugh. Like, and I'm not saying it was necessarily the place per se, but for me in that place, it was just so definite. Like, no, no. And I, she was with me, and I was like, yeah. So I was like, I, I shouldn't have put that thing in, but if they give me a call, I am not going forward. I don't know. And they did call me. And they were like, we want to schedule for an interview. I said, I'm not interested anymore. And the lady said, well, do you already have another job? I said, no. And she must have thought, okay, weirdo. <laughs> and it could have been that I would have just gotten that, and that would have taken me from the next one, but when I, there's another job that when I came across it, it was at Phillips where I ended up working. I saw that and I was like, man, this is like custom made for me. I put in, you know, I, uh, I put in my resume the next day, the first recruiter called me, then the next recruiter called me, and then within the next day, the, the um, manager called me. But when I put that, that resume in, I remember I told you I, I had applied for that. I went to the library that day. I would go and read, and it was like there was such a peace. It was like I told you I said, I don't think I could get upset. I mean, if I tried, it was such 
just a piece when I put that in. And the next day, the recruiter called me, and then another recruiter, and then the, the manager said, we're bringing in for an on-site interview. Uh, interviewed, and they called me that night and offered me the job. That job was a huge blessing. That was where I had stayed for seven-plus years, ended up managing team. All that stuff was coming. I don't know to this day if there was something really bad at the other place or if it was just they would have hired me. It would have been the wrong thing. It would have taken me off, and then the next thing, I wouldn't have been in the right place, and the next thing wouldn't have worked right, and God had something specific. But I'm saying I could have just at the beginning going, no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna even apply. But I'm thinking. But I need a job. Well, I didn't need a job. That doesn't mean I have to apply for every one. You need to be led. And if I would have, then it was even stronger. I didn't have to just go. Well, never mind. I'm still gonna take it because I need a job. No, that can take you in the wrong direction. Well, I'll just go on the date anyway because after all, I need to. No, if you have a just unhook, <laughs> just start going down the road. You don't know. Just follow the inside. God is faithful. But he will lead us by that peace. So that inner witness, it's going to bear witness with our heart, not our head, not our body. And then it's go- every child of God can hear. Every child of God, God is leading. He wants to lead you. He is leading you. Every child of God can hear. And that bearing witness is going to be peace. The peace of God is going to act like an umpire so that every child of God, doesn't matter if you've been born again, if you're in the family of God for a day or for 30 years, you have that alive in you. And if something bothers you, you can start picking up on that. You can start following God. You can start being led today and increase in that and learn that and peace. If, if it doesn't feel peaceful, you just say, no, no, sorry, don't need that. God's not leading me by that. If it is peaceful, you, you just keep stepping and you keep stepping and you keep stepping and God will lead you one step at a time right along in your life and you'll get exactly where he needs you to be. Amen. He's faithful to do it. Praise God.